Am I still doing the intro? I thought we were going to trade off. Maybe you'd do one, I'd do one. Okay, so am I doing the intro today? (laughs) Go for it. lovely listeners welcome back to season two of an omnia paratus i'm jay with my co-host angela hi we are back the way we started recording, recording remotely. remotely as angela probably has covid i really hope that i don't have covid and killed betty white oh my god gotta start off strong <laughs> we're in separate places again physically mentally and spiritually mm-hmm. but you know just to set the record straight here i did not kill betty white putting that out there she did die on my birthday another reason to not like angela's birthday. I did feel a little weird celebrating this year because of it. As we all should. I did see a great meme though that said Betty White ensured she will have the most toast to her life than any other person has ever had. Fair. Mm -hmm. Starting out with season two, we thought it would be a good idea to formally introduce ourselves. Y'all met us. Well, frankly, most of you are either friends or family of us, so you met us before this, but we're going to pretend you're not. We met all of our lovely listeners in December of 2020, so we thought we would take you back to the beginning. The very beginning. Going back to how Angela and I are spiritually, mentally, and physically on different planes. When I talked about like, oh yeah, like we're starting from like the beginning. Well, I thought I'd talk about where I am now. And I'm like, the listeners have known you for two years. They know where you are now. Other than killing Betty White, they're pretty updated on where you stand in life. (laughs) I mean, fair, but honestly, when I think about what is a good intro to who we are, like I do think about the last two years because pandemic life has changed us. I feel like it's kind of the way drugs change you. You're not different. You're just enhanced and more inhibited to things you already felt, believe, thought. Hmm. You didn't become a Republican on me, did you? No, I did not. Pandemic life has taught me that, you know, there are some things I just won't put up with anymore. So maybe. Because there aren't things you didn't know before. They're just things like you're I will no longer put up with that I used to put up with. So like they were already things you were putting up with in life. True. I don't know. What would your number one enhancement be? Other than the Dyson Airwrap, I would say working on owning the correct amount of responsibility in my relationships. Very nice. I like that. What about you? I think mine would be trying to share more of my thoughts without the Miss America filter. No nuanced November every day. (laughs) Or as we talked about last season too, shutting down the toxic positivity. That too. As they say in The Sound of Music, start at the very beginning. My favorite probably part of this, 1993. Angela, tell us about your first two years. (laughs) A time when Jay did not exist. Well, everyone, as you know, maybe you don't know. I was born on the last day of the year, December 31st. While technically I have a claim to 1993, it's not a true claim. I can only tell you some general things that happened. I Will Always Love You, the Whitney Houston cover, was the number one song of the year. Bill Clinton was sworn in as the 42nd president of the United States. Jurassic Park, A Bronx Tale, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Poetic Justice were all released. Some of my favorite movies, the Chicago Bulls won their third consecutive NBA championship. And then finally, on the last day of the year, I was born. Because let's see, who else was born in 1993? I looked this up. 1993 also gave us Miranda Cosgrove, Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, and Anna Sophia Robb. And most of the members of One Direction. Oh, I did not know that. They were not on my births list. Rude. Right? 1994, again, I still existed, but technically I have no memories here, so I looked through a photo album. I have the cutest baptismal photos ever, where I'm wearing this adorable lacy white bonnet. I spent a lot of time in my backyard swing, and I celebrated my very first Halloween as a little witch costume that my mom made me. Add on to Angela's fun facts. In 1994, Seinfeld were the best TV show, apparently, and The Sign by Ace of Base was the number one song. I remember a distinct memory about that. The song repopularized in Pitch Perfect. Remember your big complaining, like no one knows who the artist is. I knew who the artist was, Ace of Base, but that's only because they referenced it in the Full House episode. So like, I still don't know it authentically, <laughs> but I did know it when she was like going on her little thing of young people don't know these things. Oh my God, I love it so much. Honestly, when you said The Sign, I was like, The Who? What is that? And I thought of the movie Signs. So yeah, I would disappoint my big. What do you remember of January of 1995 to October? No clear memories. So again, consulting the photo album, there are a lot of little pictures of me playing with my dollhouse and little tea sets and cooking with my grandma. 
I think that year's Halloween costume was a pumpkin. Sounds fitting. Yeah, just to get us into October. See, the saddest thing about this is, although you don't remember much, from ages zero to around two are the times where the most neurons are connecting for how you view, see, and attach for the rest of your life. Right? I don't know what was actually being felt there. Actually, I may know what was being felt there because I did make a considerable amount of panic face. You might not remember on this plane, but you're unconscious and your body remembers. As all therapists and Prince Harry say, the body keeps the score. Oof, that is just so heavy. Now, the highlight of 1995, late October. I'm similar to a tree as realizing we don't actually have a firm date on my birthday. So we went the 22nd, which I'm fine with because that means my like birthday spirit number chart thingy is an 11, which is one of like the extra powerful numbers by someone I saw on TikTok. Like you add up like the day and the year and the month you were born and you get a number from like one to nine. But then if you get like 11 or 22 or 33, you're like extra special. Numerology is fun. We should look into that. Oh my God, the YouTube video is like three hours. On my assigned birthday, October 22nd, the Libra Scorpio cusp day, I was brought into this world. Similarly to Angela, I didn't have much of 95 to claim. ER was the number one show and Gangsta's Paradise was the number one song. I love that song so much. Oh my Lord. Also, an acclaim to your birth year, Sandra Day O'Connor became the first woman on the Supreme Court and one of your favorite movies, the Brady Bunch movie came out. Isn't she a Republican? I really hope not because I was taught all of childhood to look up to her as the first woman on the Supreme Court. First fact check of season two, guys, is Sandra Day O'Connor a Republican? Political party Republican from El Paso, Texas. Oh no. The more you know. Women breaking glass ceilings break glass ceilings for all of us. I was just clarifying that point. Yes, definitely. The Brady Bunch is not one of my favorite movies. I like the Christmas movie and I do like the movies. They were one of the ones I would frequently rent from blockbusters, but I wouldn't say favorite movies. (laughs) Thank God we're gonna do our later trivia episode my way. Otherwise, I would fail Jade Trivia. Stay tuned. So now (laughs) that we are both gracefully alive, we're going to kind of group these into like five year increments. The next portion will be from 96 to 2000. Some highlights of this time period were the Macarena, Titanic, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was the number one show, Angela Steak, Star Wars Episode 1 was released, and Survivor was the number one show in 2000. Was that kind of like at the very beginning of the rise of reality television? Maybe, because they were real people. They weren't famous people. I'll look into that. 96 to 2000. Tell us about your life. My life, again, this was mainly the time before I started school. I think I started preschool in like either 98 or 99. Oh, I'll have to look into that. When I was starting school, the big thing was that there was the December 1st cutoff date. Anyone born after that had to wait to start school. Or no, it wasn't even December 1st. I think it was September 1st. There was me and like maybe a handful of other students who all were like on the older end because our school made us wait. It's very subjective. I know kids who were born when you were who are my age in my grade and then I know people who got asked to wait. It really is and I know like there are some kids that their parents will look into like multiple different schools to see who will let them start first. Just about starting school time, I started preschool, was still spending a lot of time going between my mom's house and my grandma's house. My mom and I were just talking about this a few days ago and she was asking me what I remembered about that time and the most distinct memory I have is cooking with my grandma and making biscuits from scratch and she would always let me cut the biscuit shapes out so it's like we'd take like the juice glass and like put it in the dough which apparently I found out horrifies most people today because they're afraid that glass will end up in the biscuit too sensitive yeah that's what I say how hard are you pushing on this glass that's generally what was going on with me did you go to pre-k? Yeah, I did go to pre-k. Thank you. Because I only did three months of preschool. So then I did pre-k and then kindergarten. Why did you only do three months of preschool? I started going to school when my grandpa died because I was staying a lot with my grandma and grandpa while my mom was working. And then after he died, kind of a way to start getting me socialized with other people and also like sure that my grandma had the time that she needed to grieve. So does that mean you didn't know kids your age existed until you went to preschool? No, I knew they existed. I just, because like my mom had friends who had kids who, well, they were a little older than me, like maybe three to four years.
years older than me and like I had cousins and everything. So I knew about kids in the world, but I didn't really have a lot of like kid friend playtime, which I think is very interesting because I was just raised with so many adults and people who were older than me. I, I didn't have necessarily a hard time connecting with kids. I didn't understand a lot of things that kids did. That's typically the case for only children. Mm -hmm. Which is why I want to get an episode on here where we have siblings come talk to us. Because when you're an only child, typically your parents don't have friends that are children because, ew, you're hanging out with adults or any kids that your parent has. And with both you and I having older parents, some of their friends' kids were anywhere from like five to ten years older. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And I've actually, I've never thought about it like that before. The fact that I was an only child would inform on the way that I was raised beyond how my parents made decisions and their situations influenced how I would be raised. Jay, what do you remember from this time? I started preschool in, I believe, I went 98 and 99. Mm-hmm. And I was right on that lovely cusp Andrew and I were talking about, about being held back a year going forward. And I'm pretty sure I didn't make the cut to go forward, but my teachers all thought I should, as well as my mom was like, okay. So she and we, uh, I had a very close family friend who I was adopted with and her mom worked for the school system. So like they fought for me to go ahead. Mm. And as we can see now, I excelled. I was fine going at four. <laughs> Wonderful grade A student me. In that time frame, I went to preschool. I went for two years. It was a very nice preschool. Only for a teenager did I realize I went to a private preschool, which is the only private school I've ever attended. During this time, I had a wheat allergy. So sweets, desserts were things. And this comes from my dislike of sandwiches because Erewhon, Whole Foods, Sprouts did not exist with all of their gluten-free alternatives back then. So mm -hmm. grew up not eating bread. I loved my teachers and they loved me. We have video evidence of this. I loved the structure. My preschool, there was a plum tree and a lemon tree and I think one other thing. And there was a rock climbing wall. And I remember we used to climb under the school to look at bugs or to collect like the green rocks kind of like in fish tanks. I don't know why they had them under there, but we treated them as currency and would go like hunting for them. Oh my God. This is officially where some claim I had my first boyfriend. I don't remember what his name was, but he was a little <laughs> blonde kid who wouldn't stop following me around who I had no time for. So early on, I was pretty set in my ways around men or boys. Oh, I love it. Other than that typical kid stuff, preschool across from a firehouse. So we would go visit them, hide at the firefighters. My cousin went to that preschool. My friend went to that preschool. I remember everyone wanting to play Power Rangers and me not knowing what Power Rangers were because I wasn't allowed to watch. Why not? Violence. Okay, fair. I really don't remember Power Rangers that much. And then I started kindergarten in 2000 and I had the most wonderful kindergarten teacher. She loved me. She still asks about me to the same. My mom ran into her. Oh, I like that. The main highlights of kindergarten were learning ASL, echolocation, and bats. We had a camping trip. And I think that's mostly it for that chunk of years. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did you say basketball camp? No. Oh, okay. I did do that though. Yeah, I'm gonna need some pictures. There aren't any. I cried every day. My mom made me go to basketball camp and soccer camp and I think volleyball camp. I cried every time I had to do the sports ones. Oh no. I think this was brought up in the episode with Grace or this was just brought up when I was talking to Grace once. We were talking about physical, like PE and physical activity and she brought up an amazing point, which is PE is the only class where your grades and your abilities and your ranking are publicly known. I don't know about you in private school, but it's like when you had to do the physical fitness exam, like everyone knew your mile time. Everyone saw how many push-ups you could or could not do. Everyone knew all of that stuff. BMI and all that stuff was like pretty out in the open. Hmm. And in our next block of time, me getting diagnosed with a thyroid condition and having pretty bad asthma impacted my ability to do such physical activities that were undiagnosed. Well, the asthma was diagnosed. The thyroid thing was not. Mm -hmm. As far as general physical education classes go, there could be a way better way to structure them because like there are some students who are very athletically inclined and I don't think it's necessarily fair to judge others based on like an overall metric. Like I always flash back to the princess diaries. Mia like needed to make a home run to pass. Triggering. Mm -hmm. And like she told her gym teacher, like there were other things that she could do a lot better than play softball or soccer or whatever it was that she Rock had to climbing. do at that time. Going into more of these fun Lord of the Flies childhood games moments, 2001 to 2005, where I was in i started first grade and ended fourth 
grade in 2005, I believe. Yep. And it'll be second to sixth grade for me. And I forget. So we definitely had different experiences, not during this time, but after this, because you went to a K through eight. Yes. So I did preschool through second grade at a Montessori school and then third through eighth grade at a private Catholic school. That is so weird to me that like in second grade, you just get shifted. Such an odd concept. Did a lot of people do that? Like in second grade, like just shift schools? Generally, yes. My Montessori school was preschool through third or fourth grade at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically a lot of kids in the area who went to other private schools in that city, they did preschool or like some combination of like preschool, kindergarten or first grade at this school. And then they went to like one of four other schools in the area at some point. So when I transferred schools, I knew maybe a good third of the class that I was joining because we'd either been in preschool together or they'd done summer school there or daycare with me or like part of kindergarten. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. Just because with private schools, testing that you have to do to get in and waitlisting, it's almost a way station for where your parents want you to end up because at that point you really don't care about where you're going to school. And for those who don't know, what does it mean that you had a Montessori education? I actually, I didn't realize that there was anything different about this until a few years ago, but essentially in layman's terms, Montessori schools don't follow traditional educational plans. It's more of a self-guided learning process. I had teachers and teacher's aides and blocks of time during the day, which were like my learning or task time, and you had to complete a certain number of tasks every day. But there were different stations set up around all of my classrooms, and I could pick what I wanted to do. And what was the interaction like? For me, since preschool was only ages two to five, we were all just like combining and doing the same thing during that time. How did they distinguish? Because what you need is three-year-old, a seven-year-old are not the same. So did you have classes by the year, the age you were? So it was classes by the age, and then preschool had their own room, pre-K had their own room, kindergarten, and so on. I think the only time you would ever really overlap is if there was lunch, recess, or some kind of like special day, like if we'd go for like the park or swim lessons or something like that. So yeah, so it's like overall, it's like you're still generally like in your class. And I think each class had between like 20 to 30 students. So yeah, so it was still like a lot of kids, um, lots of sharing circles. I remember lots of show and tells. We had Spanish classes. That was like the one class I really remember like everyone doing things together. I don't really remember like a ton from back then. I remember individual blocks that I really liked doing. Honestly, like I think it was the best introduction to school for me because it really worked to the things that I enjoyed doing. I'd always front load reading stuff in my day. Like if I really wanted to put off math or if I was feeling like I needed, if I wanted to try something new. It was like if not necessarily the best way to think of it, but if it wasn't really working out for me, it was like, oh, I know that like I can switch directions at any point that I want and go back to something that I feel more comfortable with and then like come back to this later when I feel ready for it. That was pretty cool. In terms of greater world during these years, Friends was the number one show. Angela, maybe you could explain this to me. When I looked at some of the top grossing movies, it was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Is Sorcerers canceled? No. So because this book originally published in England, Philosopher's Stone was the original print for it but universally sorcerer made more sense when it started getting widely distributed. If you go to buy the book in the UK, you'll still most likely find it Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Some shows of the moment were CSI, American Idol, Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy launched. Some songs were Hanging by a Moment, In the Club, and We Belong Together. And yeah, from Usher. <laughs> All still regularly in our rotation. Speak for yourself. <laughs> so these years for me were first to fourth grade. Highlights were my school was very heavy on field trips. So some of the ones I remember in this period, we would walk around and look at the Victorian houses. There's one where they did like an open house for the kids where you could come in and they gave you an identity like from the time period and you kind of like could see from room to room what you would do and it was really fun learning about the architecture. I think like a lot of schools, I don't know how educational versus appropriative problematic this was. We learned being in California about the Spanish and colonization and the Native American 
American. So like we went to an adobe ranch and like we built like bricks with our feet and we like not peddled corn. Like when you grade it like pest like mortal and pestled things for a day and stuff. That was fun. Again, don't know where we fall in terms of like appropriativeness versus like colonization and stuff now. But that was fun. Being in California, like we learned a lot about the missions. Um Oh yeah. Okay. But yes, field trips. Mm-hmm. We also got to go see the Nutcracker. We had access to going to the Chinese New Year festivals put on by a symphony. We had people coming from the opera to our school, which I really liked. And then our school had an art teacher, poetry teacher, a dance teacher, a theater teacher, music teacher was only for the fourth and fifth graders at the time. And then we had parents come read to us and do activities. Like I remember one of them, we like the art where you do the nails and then you put the string on to make a design. There was like a vintage sewing machine brought in by one of the kids, like grandmas who would do projects with us. Every Friday they brought in ice cream, but the fourth and fifth graders got better ice cream choices. I do remember that because there was one choice for K through three and then fourth and fifth got better options. And then when I became a fourth and a fifth grader, my school went all communist and everyone could get every flavor of ice cream. And I got really better about that. Additionally, was when I was in fifth grade, they let the fifth graders always take the chairs. And for some reason, the time I got into fifth grade, they decided the squirmy kindergartner should get the chairs. So I had to sit on the floor all six years. Oh, that's so lame. Especially with my hip things and not being able to sit crisscross applesauce was not ideal for me. Oh my God. We went through something very similar because we had hot lunch like three times a month. It used to be that you had to be like fifth grade and up to sub out your like regular hot lunch option for nachos. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to fifth grade, suddenly everyone could get nachos if they wanted. Just if you were under, I think, I think it was like third grade and under, you had to get hot lunch and nachos to make sure that like you were eating enough and getting enough nutrients. We did the chair thing too. When I got to eighth grade, that's when at like weekly assembly, you got to sit in the chairs. And then once I was there, no one got chairs. Unfair system. Seriously. Um, I being a very, what now would be called like a STEM child, I, my school would host math and science night where like you could go and the teachers would set up like little things. Like I remember one of the things is where they would like measure the length of your body is like four times around your neck. Your wingspan is the same as like your height on some people. So you would do stuff like that's like where I first got to start playing with dry ice. There's something in third grade, one of my favorite, favorite teachers ever. We did this thing for our math segment, which every day we would count the amount of pockets everyone would wear. And I remember one day like kids would wear like military pants or fishing vests, like to see who would have the most. And like that is where my math and science like started to really come out and I was told well my mom told me that my teacher told me I was above average and like that kind of stuff so like we continued to like encourage me on that route it's also where I was told like just because I can do math and science doesn't mean I like don't have to show work while I do it (laughs) was around this time nice but I loved my elementary school and I didn't realize how lucky an experience I had until I left. Had the best principal. I met Gavin Newsom. We said that in another episode. I did. We did this thing. I don't know if it's my school, like you can search it up or not, but basically I guess like in general terms, it was like a science fair. And there was a thing where you either did like a Rube Goldberg kind of machine or you kind of created an invention. And I won one year because I saw the problem of sea animals getting stuck in like the six pack soda can plastics. So I made it into a purse which frankly going with some of the trends now is not too far off like I definitely would see it on euphoria now oh for sure yes because I had like a metallic belt that I tied around it as like the handle so that was fun every year like you would do something I remember this is where my psychic power started to come in we did the guess the pumpkin every year and I got within like an ounce of a pumpkin and like it's where I started being able to do a guess the jar things within like very close proximity to either end like so much so that my mom thought I was cheating Ooh, you will rule at baby shower games one day get on it. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> One of our other friends can get on it. <laughs> do you get to play your own baby shower games or do you like have to administer them? So you don't administer them, but you're not allowed to. I don't know if you're not like allowed to play, but I've never seen anyone play. I have seen expectant mothers go around and like help people play. But then how do I win? Well, you know, you win at someone else's baby shower. Well, then everyone get on it so I can win if apparently I don't get to win at my own, which I think is bullshit. Oh yeah. Well here, at least like you don't have as many cousins as I do. I've won so many of the games at baby showers, wedding showers, all of that. But because I'm family, I don't qualify to win. 
That's like whenever one of those contrasts would come out, the animals, like the people who got to meet Zach and Cody or the people who got the limo to come like throw their school pizza party. And they were like, if you're pay- like employees of X, Y, and Z companies, relatives may not apply. Oh my God, kind of. I remember at one baby shower, I won all five games and then they didn't let me take any of the prizes because they were like, you have to share. Angela, give them to other people. So I literally just like held out the bags and I was like, take one. I was so annoyed. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So that's K through four jump into 2006 to 2010 would be the year I started middle school to my sophomore or no freshman to ending my freshman year of high school and that's seventh grade to sophomore year of high school for me so you also had two schools during this time yes still basically felt like one school because my third through eighth grade school year was spent on a shared campus with the high school that I ended up going to. But it wasn't a given that you were going to get into that high school. It was probably more stressful than my college application process. Yeah, private high schools were a lot. So let's start off with some pop culture. We have The Office was a popular show, The Wire, Mad Men, Parks and Rec. For movies, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Irreplaceable by Beyonce, Boom Boom Pow, Harry Potter, I wrote HP Death Part 1 came out, (laughs) or was the most, that movie, Alice in Wonderland, and Toy Story 3 were the top movies of 2010, so that's kind of the era we're looking at. Okay. Middle school is always fun and always rough like only reflecting on it I always love kids and I always thought about being a teacher but I'm like I could never teach middle school anytime someone teacher tells me they teach middle school I'm like you should just go to heaven some middle school teachers I'm sure suck going in like with knowing that hormonal horny racist mean girl phase and like choosing to put yourself in that like you had some good in you at some point here here god anyone in this age range you were literally the worst I don't care what gender you identify as, you are literally the worst. For me, these were ages 10 to 14. So Angela would be 12 to 16, right? Two years. Yes. One grade, two years. Yeah. Yeah. So even Angela was still the worst. Angela was still in her the worst phase. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you know what was the worst about this phase? My hair. Technically in fifth grade, that's when my curly hair set in, but by like middle school, still had zero control over it. What do you mean set in? Like what was your hair? like for then? I had stick straight hair until second grade. If you don't put a reel with these pictures, I do not believe you. I'll pull some out for you, but I had the straightest hair. And then in like second grade, it started getting a lot of body and it was like super voluminous. In fourth grade, all of a sudden I got really, really tight ringlets. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in eighth grade, I discovered flat irons. I'm sure your personality was also still the worst, probably more than your hair. Yeah, probably. Goodness gracious. This is the era personally where I'm reparenting a lot of my inner child right now. Everything is just such a big deal. Oh god. I remember we were like the queens of like the petty text messages and this is where AIM was really big and like sending your away message was like a really big thing. This is the Club Penguin era. I remember two of my friends wouldn't talk to me because my mom would pay for the Club Penguin extra pack or whatever and theirs wouldn't. They're like you're not supposed to do it without us. It's not fair and like just stupid stuff stuff like that. Oh my god, seriously. Another thing they got mad at me about was that that I didn't use my own money to buy them birthday gifts. My mom would give me money as I was a child and they were like, we use our own money to buy gifts. Like you don't use your own money. It's like, where did their money come from? I'm assuming like they either had birthday money or they were babysitting because like one of them lived in a neighborhood with a lot of other kids. All right, babysitting, yes. Birthday money is still not necessarily your own money. That has been gifted to you. And this is also where I learned friendships of three are not good. Threes just don't work out. It's always going to be a two against one, even if the two against one can rotate on who's the two and who's the one. Two against the ones will always happen. Ugh. This is also the year I got a cell phone. And during this period, I also think is when I went over my texting plan because I had the same phone as Blair Waldorf on Gossip Girl. To be fair, I don't remember seeing a text that I was close to my limit, but I also assumed as a child, your phone would just like stop having the ability to text when you went over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, well, it didn't tell me I went over. So like, I must've not. And I went over like 900 messages, I think, or something. Oh my gosh. See, I feel like they should be able to like put limits like that. 
for kids. Well, they do. Like the thing is my phone didn't get notified. I remember I got a flip phone. I still have it to this day. And there's a camera on the front, like a very, very blurry camera. So I, I could take selfies with like a child. <laughs> it's also the phone. During this period is when I got to see the high school musical live cast tour with Drew Seeley. Probably in here was my first time seeing Wicked, Annie. Fiddler was probably younger, but this was kind of my like live theater fan era coming about. I saw Hairspray. I like the movie more. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> had a close group of friends in middle school and we were all really petty. Everything was the biggest thing. Me and another girl, from my perspective, both were fighting for like the leader of the group and both were very opinionated and very bossy. We, I know bossy is canceled, but we both wanted to have control and be center of the friend group. In seventh grade, we had a huge blowout that impacted some of the other friends. I was in the middle of it. Like two of them were like, we're not gonna go to her birthday. And if like you don't stand with us, then like none of us can go. And so like the one friend had to disinvite a girl from her birthday party because the other like two wouldn't come oh my lord we played poker with gift cards because like this is also the gift card era where everyone's just buying you gift cards left and right probably also where some of my body dysmorphia comes from real fun time in my life because all of my friends granted at the time they were just skinny most of my friends at this time in my life now are five ten and above and have bodies comparable to supermodels angela you know a few of those friends so you can attest Yes. I was there before they were as tall and as thin as they were. And I remember at that time loving Abercrombie and Wet Seal being the two stores most people would shop at. We were too young for that at the time, but Wet Seal. Oh, I totally forgot about Wet Seal. I remember like going with friends and I would not shop with my friends. I think this is one of the reasons why I have such a defined good style now is because like I would never shop with my friends because I just like knew internally like I couldn't share clothes with them. I was developing faster than they were. I just heard too many conversations of when girls because this is the time where puberty's hitting went from from double zeros to zeros like the world was on fire oh. oh my god these friends also told me like we're like why do you wear sneakers outside of gym class which is where my boot and sandal obsession now probably still stems from even though now sneakers are what's trendy like there you can't wear sneakers with every outfit like you need to wear different shoes which is where i was like okay so i have to go get boots and flats and like other shoes oh because like my sneakers were more like they were more like new balance like real shoes because i have some relatively joint and feet issues so like mm -hmm. I wore shoes that like would help with that but like they're you can't just wear like athletic shoes like you can wear like converse and vans but you can't wear like sneaker sneakers so I had to go buy like boots and flats and other shoes that were more acceptable to my outfits I'm not a fan of this let people wear the shoes they want to as that's the only item of clothing accessory wise I'm relatively interested in. This was also the materialistic phase of watching my super sweet 16 and wanting a Tiffany key and needing designer things and putting value on designer things like a heavy heavy desire on designer things and the mm -hmm. value and the worth of oneself in those things and that was mostly middle school and then going into high school right at the end of eighth grade our group was about five of us at that time and somehow I don't remember exactly the queen bee got dethroned. I remember mornings in middle school where we would all show up and this depending on who was on the out this is so petty this is so toxic when they didn't want to talk to the person who was like getting exiled everyone would just text each other separately in front of them oh no and everyone you know thinks they're being so discreet oh my god just phones dinging left and right in the schoolyard oh that gets me. But then I start high school and need a fresh start, fresh friends. Or I have a few friends from the time, but one who I talk to more regularly and I met my new friend group and did high school. But like freshman year was on the rougher side. My high school was like a magnet school. So the standard of it was fast and quick and there's no real way to prepare for it. Yeah. And then just kind of like understanding high school and school dances and hanging out with friends without parents so much as only having parents in kind of the transportation role rather than as like the having parents around role was kicking in around here do you remember your first experience on the bus yeah like pu like taking public transportation by yourself i think it was probably like after like freshman orientation for high school i had to do it mm, okay i mean it was fine because i take i only took like one of like four bus routes total and i'd done them with friends before all right that's good I know, I don't think I took a bus until sophomore or junior year of high school, and it was totally like this terrifying thing to me because I'd been on BART like plenty of times, but I'd never been on a bus before, so I didn't know what to expect. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. My mom was finally in remission from breast cancer, so that was good, and that started to, our lives started to get back into the daily normal rhythm. 
Yeah, I can't think of anything really big that happened in seventh grade. Well, I guess the biggest thing that happened to us in seventh grade is that our teacher quit after a month of school and it was this really awkward thing because I guess he like came in one Tuesday morning, quit, and then our class just had recess for the whole day because they didn't know what to do with us and there was no teacher. So while they were trying to figure that out, uh, we just literally were like outside on the playground. For eight hours. Um, and then we ended up with a year-long sub and she was the literal worst. Oh my god. Nobody liked her and I don't think she taught us science at all. I just ended up reading the textbook on my own. Then comes eighth grade and literally the school year starts with... Wait, actually, no. So that ends seventh grade. Um, then I went to Europe for the first time and I spent a month there with my mom and cousins who lived in Germany and we traveled around. We went to Paris and they took me all over Germany. Germany and then into Switzerland as well, I think. Come back to eighth grade, started that out literally on the first day of school. You get the entire lecture about what the high school admissions process is going to be like, and then you have to start signing up for your high school placement test to see what scores you get to qualify you for different private high schools in the area. And then you actually get into your application process. And during that time, like representatives from other high schools in the area would come and basically pitch themselves to you on why you should go to their school and then sign you up for these shadow days. Go either for a half day or a full day to different high schools. Sit in on their classes, sit with a student ambassador. They'll take you around to different clubs, introduce you to their friends and all of this stuff um, to kind of show you what life would be like. And then you actually start the application process, which was various different essays like on what extracurriculars you want to join, why you want to go to that school, what you have to offer the school, what their tenants and values mean to you. You have to get different letters of recommendations from your teachers, principal, people you volunteer from, alumni if you can. So that was just a really big year in that way because it's basically like applying to college, but you're 13. I also think that's like vastly inappropriate. How so? I, I I agree with you, but why why do you think so? During that age, especially like granted, I think even college is a bit too early for this but it's like I'm sorry is me like playing with my friends doing things not qualify me enough to get into high school I have to be doing volunteer work and it's like I'm not anti-volunteer work like letters of recommendation like these people are recommending a child like mm -hmm. it adultifies people so quickly Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like what people would say in your letters of reckon things, especially at such a formidable age, would sit with you and like, Angela's good at English. Angela likes reading. And like, although you did like those things, knowing that that's what you were being praised and marketed as at that age probably became part of your personality trait. For sure. But I mean, like didn't even start then. That started way earlier. Do you remember how in school every year, like you take like your standardized placement tests? Every year, basically, we would go through the scores and then they would always announce like who the top scorers were for different categories. Mm hmm so like it was always like, oh, Angela got like scored in like the 97th percentile for reading and writing. One thing to praise a child for such achievements, it's another thing that those achievements are therefore determining the quality of education they get for the next four years or eight years, depending if people go to college or not. In a way as well, I think it totally gave me a pass because I always did really well um, with anything language related, but I was terrible at math and this is something even my mom has like pointed out to me like now that I'm older she's like you got a really big pass in school because she's like you didn't do well in math at all she's like but you got to like you you got passed along because you did so well in other things and what word do we use for such things I in modern times uh the the word that is sitting at the forefront of my mind right now is nepotism and it's not nepotism privilege ah uh, well is it privilege Oh, I don't know. It might it, it it might be privilege. I think. Well, we'll we'll have to think about that one. The whole first part of my 8th grade year and then you actually have to like sit around and wait for the decisions to come through from different high schools. And then luckily I got into the high school that I wanted to go to. I ended up going there and so did a good majority of the people from like my 8th grade graduating class. So I knew a fair amount of people going into it. 
And then, yeah, high school was a lot. I went to a school that really prided themselves in being a college prep school. So everything that they pushed on you for your schedule was very intense and rigorous and with the intent of getting you into the best college possible. And there was a really heavy emphasis on extracurriculars. So I ended up on the tennis team while on my way to cheerleading tryouts. And I actually found out I was like pretty good at it. So I stuck with it for four years. And then I joined so many different clubs, poetry club, musical theater club, all of these different things I'll have to pull up from my LinkedIn because I'm now blanking on them, but there was just a lot going on. And then that takes us to 2011. 11 to 2015. 16 to 20, 18 to 22, junior year to sophomore year of college for me. Uh, yeah, and so senior year to third year of college for me. Pop culture breakdown is Game of Thrones, Harry Potter 2, the first Avengers movie, Frozen, Empire, Jurassic World, and Uptown Funk was one of the most popular songs. Or if we're going chronologically, it goes from Rolling in the Deep to Uptown Funk, so whatever you put in between those two. So tell us about your senior year of high school into your college? Honestly, senior year of high school was pretty rough for me. One of my aunts who I was really close to died at the beginning of the year and I really didn't handle it well. Essentially, I was going through a lot and then um, as I've talked about in previous episodes, it was my senior year and it was really hard for my friends to understand the grief that I was going through. So it just, it kind of created a little bit of a divide between us. And I spent a lot of time on my own. And it was also this really weird thing because all of a sudden, one of my best friends who I'd been really close to for eight eight or nine years at the time, we suddenly got into this weird thing where I'm going to say she felt very competitive, but I honestly, I don't know exactly how she was feeling, but I didn't necessarily feel it. But a lot of the phrases that were tossed around were things like, I'm going to beat you or I'm going to do better than you or I finished first. Um, So it was really strange. And then not long after that, we just basically weren't friends anymore. So I graduated. I got ready to go to college. I wasn't super excited to go to our college because as we've talked about, it's also the place where a lot of people feel like they're kind of settling and I'd really wanted to go to another school that I got deferred admission from. So I had to do another year at another school and then apply to transfer uh, if I wanted to go there. A quick interjection talked about having a lot of like friend distancing and like breaking of friendships but this is your first time mentioning you had friends at all (laughs) so like what maybe like elaborate on like how when who these friendships like when you made them how long they were for like yeah sorry it just it feels so weird to talk about because it's not that I'm not necessarily unfriendly with these people now but it's like we just we didn't remain close kind of weird to think about but like I said a lot of people who went to my preschool kindergarten filtered into the school that I ended up going to so I knew basically all of the same people from kindergarten through high school and all of my friends were from my school. So I'd essentially been friends with people for like 12 years. Yeah, no, lots of really good times before that. And I mean, and even after that too, because we tried to keep in contact once we all went to college and stuff, but I think we just found that we just, we didn't have a lot in common anymore. Freshman year of college, GDI Angela. Freshman year of college, Angela, she went through it a little bit because senior year was so rough. I actually had a really awkward thing where I ended up getting really sick during my AP test so I didn't have AP scores going into college and in my major your AP scores kind of defined you for your incoming English so they tried to get me to (laughs) declare a new major which I refused to do. Don't you also have to test into English? You have to like AP tests help but you still have to take like the standard placement test. Yeah so I did. I took the standard placement test and I did place out of freshman year English yeah but they wouldn't let me they tried to put me in English for foreign language speakers it was very very strange I stuck with it I kept my head down I just really tried to focus on all of my classes I took the most amazing class it was an elective on the history of Catherine the Great and I still read a lot of those books or just reread them because I think just like her story is so amazing I made some fun friends in my dorm we had like a little bit of weird drama there but it's okay we got through it you killed people 
Oh my lord. Yes, Jay calls them my cult friends just because of, I don't know, I feel like you've you've heard stories, but you've only met one of them. <laughs> to Jay, it's essentially like they don't exist <laughs> and they just exist in like this weird netherworld. Yeah, because all of the stories, no one ever like finishes. They kind of do the, you know, when, yeah, and then, and then. Because like- they're really weird stories. <laughs> That happened and then second year comes around and I decided to go through sorority recruitment again because I dropped out the first time and this time I actually ended up joining our sorority and I started making more friends. a pleasure to meet me. Yes, and I met Jay. A catalyst for all that is good that exists in your life. Catalyst for all of my vulnerability hangovers. Um, you're the one who trauma bonded first. (laughs) I know and we're now learning how to not trauma bond with people yeah it started by telling me why you loved and hated thanksgiving because i was telling you why i love thanksgiving and then you told me why you loved and hated it and then loved and hated christmas and i'm like oh this is sad i will say though i was not trying to actively trauma bond with you or anyone else it's just unfortunately a lot of my history pre 22 years old is like not necessarily super fun and fluffy sure yeah okay my turn yeah 2011 to i graduated high school in 2013 that was like junior and senior year my friend group was pretty solidified and we were kind of just like getting to do more things independently i.e the la spring break trip the infamous one that will never die (laughs) we also three of us were on the dance team we got to like go to camp bring it on style yes the camp is they're not making too much fun of how those camps actually work we went down to la for a dance competition i only did it one year they did it one did three years one did it two years yeah, we were just pretty solid friends. This is the year like One Direction became a band. So like all of the fanatic things surrounding that Tumblr era, the YouTuber influencers, particularly the British YouTubers were very popular. Junior prom was this year, junior and senior prom. I didn't have a date to either. Me and my friend group went and our school already being a ratio of like 60% female to 40% male made it hard. And then the lack of attraction to the boys at my school made it even harder. I was a very good student. I didn't go to parties. I did not drink alcohol. I had never smoked weed. I'd never been around a party environment. Angela, when was your first party? Uh, freshman year of high school? Yes. Yes. Angela and her. All the rumors are true about Catholic school girls. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not all, but it is really funny because apparently for some reason, I've never thought of this, but most people think of me as a party girl. I would not think of myself Wait, that way. Do you need me to go through the archives nope, for you? Nope. It's good. <laughs> Similarly to Angela, not thrilled to go to college, thrilled to get out of my house, do something new, but it wasn't the school ideally I wanted to go to. The school I wanted to go to we thought would have been more expensive due to like the little financial aid because unfortunately FAFSA sucks but and doesn't consider local wages at all. Seriously. Which, being in the Bay Area, which we understand is a privilege and we're excited, all that great stuff. No nuance Novembering it. It just sucks because it's so much more expensive here. So it's, or it's not taken into account the cost of living here so how much money you have compared to like someone in like a rural area in Kansas is not the same amount Mm -hmm. of money. So yes, I went to the school. I wanted to join a sorority. There were a few influencers I knew who were certain sororities at my school. I was very excited to go through recruitment. I wanted two other ones. We already kind of went over this. Didn't really love them. Then I met my big, decided that's the sorority I want. Colors were my favorite colors anyway. I like the kind of retro kind of themes we get to do based on our symbol, right? Oh yeah. They gave me a cute mason jar. I was sold there. Freshman year was me just really like getting to know everyone, living in like the stupid naive bliss that, oh my god, we're all friends and like this is what I always wanted. Granted for like a while that's how it was being like a freshman in college. I remember move-in date was September 22nd and my birthday is October 22nd so I was like I have a month to make friends to celebrate my birthday with. My hallmates took me out to IHOP because there was on your campus so that was really sweet and they made me a card that I still have and I remember nothing happened with our sorority that year because like no one really knew me and that was fine. My mom sent me a cake down which is very thoughtful. Right around the time of sorority initiation which I'm surprised we didn't talk about in any of those episodes where like you go from kind of being like a pre-member to like an official member your name goes in like the yearbook you sign and like you're a member for life unless you decide to stop paying Angela and I started becoming friends and then for valid personal reasons over Christmas break she ghosted me come back in 2014 and we started talking and hanging out more and 2015 our last bracket 2016 to 2021 
the show Atlanta, Zootopia, Captain America Civil War, Rogue One, The Big Bang Theory ended, Black Panther came out, The Incredibles 2, The Mandalorian, Captain Marvel. Disney really crushed this last bracket. They really did. Toy Story 4? There's a fourth one? Oh, yeah. I don't know what it's about. Frozen 2 and then most recently, No Way Home. 2015 to 2016 is where Angela and I had our big fight disagreement as roommates. So that was super fun. Mm -hmm. Some of like our funnest times and then also some of like the hardest. But like, hey, we're here. We made it. Better. Stronger. Faster. I don't remember. How does the Kanye lyrics go? Harder, better, faster, stronger. But we are not harder because we did not let them take our hearts. Like it's H-E-A-R-T-E-R. I thought like or like harder, like more like shell. Yeah, harder like shell. Oh. You know how in Black Widow when Melina tells the girls, she's like, don't ever let them take your heart. Got it. Yeah. So we had our fight. Angela graduated and moved home. I had another year. These years, Angela and I both got littles, ate a lot of tacos. So many crispy tacos. Finally, food delivery services and Ubers were like very common at such time periods. Oh, yes. I remember when I drunk ordered the pizza and the Chick-fil-A. It was amazing. That was a great day. Mm -hmm. I highly enjoyed myself. We settled into the general abyss of life after college. That's mostly what this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we hit on most of it, honestly, about like post-grad life in various episodes, such as our experience in retail, our one with Allie, our episode with Heather. Anyone else? Um, We talked about alum life, particularly in terms of sorority with Megan. Yeah, no, I feel like we've done a pretty comprehensive job at summing summing up our life in the past five years. Spoiler, it's been rough. But hopefully soon we're approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. And that brings us now here to the beginning of 2022 with you all. Feels like it should still be the beginning of 2020. Seriously, though, I can't believe we're going into the third year of our pandemic. And here's my first PSA. Get boosted, get vaccinated yourselves. For those around you, please wear your masks and respect others. They would like to wear masks. Vote in local elections. I know in my city, we currently have one coming up and stay on top of the Supreme Court situation. Mm-hmm. And overall, just be kind humans to one another. You never know what someone's going through. To wrap us up, Jay, do you have anything you are particularly looking forward to for season two that you would like to share? No. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it all under wraps then. We don't. We don't have anything you're looking forward to? Well, like, we don't really have anything planned. We have the, like, episodes, like, for this month planned, but we have, like, general ideas, but, like, we haven't really talked about execution of them yet. Like, if all things go well, Angela and I have a pretty busy April where we'll be going to see a comedy show and a live immersive dinner experience. But, like, if y'all aren't getting vaccinated and wearing your masks, we might not get that. And we might just do another year of at-home begrudgingly discussing people doing more on this podcast. (laughs) Fair enough. I personally am looking forward to our Euphoria episode if the people are excited for it. And even if they're not excited for it, I still think we need it. (laughs) Because I have done so much research, you guys. Get ready to learn about Euphoria and hear our in-depth thoughts. On Eric Dane eating ass. Oh my god. Seriously, they, they need warnings on some scenes. I don't know if you're watching the show, I feel like you know what you're in for. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InOmniaPod on Instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about. Bye. Bye.